0: Are we ready? Ready to have some fun? I believe so. We are so prepared. All right, let's do this.
1: All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. That was so perfectly timed. Oh, we're the timiest. We
2: time everything perfectly because that's how cartoon violence rolls. Timing and that is,
1: is everything.
2: Everything, everything. Uh, so close. Uh, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Cartoon Violence Has a Podcast. I am your intergalactic space host, Professor Robot, and I am your super material
1: Earth host. Dr. Octave,
2: and joining us this month for a very special interview is the one and only Mike Park of Asian Man Records and a crap ton of different bands Woo! as well. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much.
2: No, thank you for uh, thank you for agreeing to be on our podcast. <laughs> um, it's an honor. Nice. Yes, you're 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 joining the ranks of such fine bands as Narboots Boots,
0: and uh... well, I'm doing it. That I mean, we could stop right there to follow in the footsteps of the G N A R B O O T S. It's um, dreams coming true. Wonderful. Yeah,
1: they're an experience. I think the last time I Narbooted was at the Asian Man 20 Year Party.
0: Oh no, I can't get enough of it. I just think about it all the time. <laughs> I think about Aaron Barnes without a shirt on and just uh just tingles down the spine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's nothing quite like them, but uh but they had their they had their time to talk on our podcast. So, uh yeah, let's just let's just dive right into it. So you uh yeah, just recently celebrated the 20th anniversary of your indie label that you run out of your parents' garage, right? That's
0: where I am right now. So you're at home base at this very moment. My home base, I've got a cup of tea with three bags of Lipton black tea to wake me up. And um, we're packing up tons of mail order. It's a busy day at, at Asian Man. Nice. Old school
1: garage podcasting, WTF style.
0: That's exactly. I'm actually right inside the garage because it's a little quieter and the, the wireless signal stronger. I'm thinking of you guys.
1: Oh, thank you very much. We appreciate your attention to Fidelity.
0: Yes.
2: So, yeah, so 20 years and uh, here here we are. So, like, what was it like when you f- first started doing this versus, like, where you are now? Like, how has is, how is the scene sort of changed? Uh, like, you probably do a lot of shorter run stuff
0: nowadays. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, like, in the last 10 years, vinyl has really had a resurgence, so um, it's a great format. It's um, I, I love vinyl, but it's a lot more expensive, and it takes up a lot more room. Let's say, example, a new release. We don't even do CDs in most cases. Uh, we just do 600 LPs, comes with a digital download, and it goes up on all the various digital distribution sites like iTunes, Amazon, and uh, Spotify, etc. and that's it. Uh, if it's a bigger release, maybe we'll do like a couple thousand to start, but it's it's really changed versus, let's say when we started in 1996, like a new release in the first month, we would sell 5,000 CDs, which is crazy um, to think about. But hey, it's this is the way it's gone, and you just kind of adapt to the, the change and um, do your best.
2: And do people still actually buy it when they like go online? Do they actually buy the albums, or is it kind of like... Like people just like, oh, I like this song and I like this song. Are they cherry picking more now?
0: I mean, people definitely are cherry picking. I mean, a lot of it's streaming these days just because that avail- the immediate availability of music through Spotify. And, you know, I do it all the time. I just, anytime I'm like, oh, I, I kind of feel like listening to this record. Type it in on Spotify. There it is. It's free. It's hard to, it's hard You're to beat. You're
2: getting that, uh, that Taylor Swift Spotify money.
0: Yes, exactly, so you know it's it's it is what it is, but um for us, it's just it's got to be smart with how we uh, operate um, what we spend our money on, and um, how we move forward.
2: yeah, with that said, I mean, you've still got a pretty impressive catalog of bands too under your roster like. I agree. Like, how do you, <laughs> I mean, how do you, you know, get the right bands, but not overdo it? Like, how tough is, like, the selection process for for something like got, that?
0: It's all communication. You just let the bands know your limitations. You don't make any great grand promises of stardom. You just tell them, be honest, you know, this is what you're getting. This is what I do. If you want to do it, let's do it. If not, that's fine, too. So uh, it's, it's all about just being upfront, letting the bands know what i'm able to do and what i'm going to do
2: nice and um let's see you actually you yourself you just came out with your own new seven inch and a children's album right like you just dropped two new two new things this week right
0: well that children's album was actually five years ago but the the, the joys of uh social media and in particular facebook will Pop up these memories, and someone will go, "Hey, I remember this." And then someone will think it's current news and reply on it. And next thing you know, it's back in the news, which I'm fine with. Nice.
2: So the internet's really, really, really keeping everything up, up to date and right current,
0: so to speak. Sure, why not? The internet, <laughs> our greatest ally. It really is. It won't let us forget. Never.
2: This is funny because like when, you know, when the internet, when it, I was taking like a music business class when the whole Napster thing was going on and like, you know, being in college, like learning about the music industry right when it was going through this big dramatic change was really intriguing to me personally, just because it's like watching all these people be afraid of new technology, like just like the film industry freaked out about VHS You know, like the record industry, like freaked out about the digital market, but it seems like now it's like one of the greatest tools that you could possibly have, like for marketing yourself, like or marketing another band.
0: Oh, I think it's even the the level, the playing field out in terms of uh, record stores. Let's say back in the '80s or even the '90s, a record store would have these albums on display and they're all major label art, albums so it's like if you're an independent band you know or a local band i mean your stuff isn't wasn't on display at tower records with a whatever fancy schmancy poster hanging up on the wall type thing but in the digital world I guess, well, you know what, let me take that back because the digital world, you can smash it in your face too. But at least your stuff can be up there and you can share it. And I think if a song is good, people will share it enough, with especially with youth culture. Um, and if a, song's, if a song catches on, next thing you know, a band that nobody knows of is starting to um, turn some heads.
2: Yeah, it's still it, there's still like no real equation for actually like quote unquote going viral or whatever though. Like it's it always course, trips me out like yeah, the stuff that the stuff that you know, when I've had to make stuff for the internet, it's always the stuff that I just kind of throw up and don't really think about that gets more popular than the stuff that I probably worked two to three times as hard on, you know, and it's just like yeah. you just kind of sit there scratching your head.
0: If we knew the magic formula we'd be we'd be millionaires. Internet billionaires their
2: Definitely. pockets full of internet money.
0: Yes, I just yeah. you just do at least in my case I do I put out records I like and I'm I just hope hope they stick. Some do some don't and I I don't know why one band A does better than band B like in the case of narboots so I don't understand why they're not bigger than blink 182.
2: They should be on tour with Beyoncé. How right anyone, now, quite how, frankly.
0: How could anyone be bigger than Nar Boots? With Boots? With those looks and those songs, it's, it's a crime. Criminal. Yeah, well, since we are all narboots and nothing is bigger than all of us, so it makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. But to me and you you guys, yes. But the rest of the world, they're way behind. They'll it's, pay. Like they just, it's like they're, they're still asleep the and dreaming. Uh, they don't know that they're Narboots Boots yet. They don't. When they find out, it's going to be too late they'll be dead well said so do
1: you think that there are other small record labels that have weathered the storm uh of the the record label industry changing sort of differently than you because it seems like you've you've sort of kept doing the same thing have you noticed other labels
0: like not quite make it or or oh yeah tons tons didn't make it From my era, labels like Lookout, well, the biggest example is Lookout Records, a label that had three gold records at the time with two Green Day records and an Operation Ivy record. Their back catalog was just crammed with hits. Every important punk band of the time, um, from Screeching Weasel, The Queers, Avail, Mr. T Experience. The Donnas, Ted Leo, uh, again, Green Day, Operation Ivy, Blatts, Filth. I mean, it was just just a plethora of insanely good punk rock and how they went out of business beyond me. But that's, just, that's the biggest example. There's been a book written about it. Um, but a lot of the peers at the time are gone. Like Jade Tree was on sabbatical for a while. They've recently started up again, but it's just not like what it was. Uh, Dr. Strange Records, gone. Well, actually, he's still doing... He has a record store now. Um, who else from that time? Uh, I'd have to think about it. I, yeah, how, how active is... Um, like Sympathy for the record industry? That's another one. Gone. Um, I mean, I, I, I'd have to think about it more. But I, I feel like a lot of the labels from my era are just gone. Do you think they just failed to... Find
1: new ways to monetize online or didn't get the change or just spent too
0: much? I think a combination of all. um, And just for some, it's just time to move on in their life. There's only so it's it gets repetitive, even for me. You know, I love what I do, but you know, 20 going on 21 years of doing this, even more when you think about the label I did prior to Asian Man, I was doing Jill Records for a good. Six years, so I'm going on 27 years of doing independent r- record label. Some days it's like you know, I don't really feel like doing mail order today. I want to do something different.
2: What? What? I mean, what inspired you to even like start uh, your own label in the first place?
0: It was out of necessity. When I, when I was in Skank and Pickle, um, we like most local bands of especially of that era. You you made a cassette you come up with some fictitious name as a record label and that's what we did and I found I was kind of good at this business figuring out how to sell the cassette at that time going to record stores um, all over California including Southern California and just putting it on consignment coming back six months later collecting money Um, then going on tour meeting other bands that didn't have record labels and thought well why don't I put out your record and it just kind of kept going from there.
1: And then do you were doing it for yourself, so why not do it for other bands? That's
0: yeah, exactly. That's how it started, just putting out our own records and then as we started touring across the world, meeting these local bands who were just just local bands, had no representation and thought, Well, maybe power and numbers we could become this collective and help each other out and that's how it really started.
1: So in the pre-internet era, what was your primary method of advertising or communicating or sharing this music? Did you know people at radio stations? Was it all just local shows and word of mouth?
0: It was all punk rock zines. So it was like big thing with zines. A lot of advertising like Maximum Rock and Roll, No Idea, Punk Planet, um, Razor Cake. I'm trying to think of the old zine, Profane Existence. Um, So back before internet, it was a lot of letter writing. You know, I wrote letter, I pen pal constantly. You know, Even phone calls were expensive back then, so not a lot of phone calls, but you know, a letter was what? 12 cents in the 80s? Late 80s? I can't even remember. Something so, like that. A lot of, lot of pen paling, and this, this includes abroad, like to Japan, South America, so we'd make these friends with people all over the UK, and then a lot of them I still keep in touch with, too.
2: Now we're just Skyping each other. Like right now, we're not even using real phones to talk to that's, each other.
0: Yeah, that's what's crazy. I mean, technology's crazy. If I had this technology back then, my goodness, how easy it would be. Smartphones, even a, cell, a flip phone would have been amazing. If I had a flip phone 25 years ago, my goodness. Um, yeah, I remember so many times getting lost on tour, having to pull over, find a pay phone, Try to call the promoter. You know, you're calling their landline. If they're not there, then you're screwed. You don't know where to go. Yeah. Now you just pull out Google, and voila. Yeah. It's a it's a luxury for sure.
2: So pretty much, it's easier to be an indie band or an indie label nowadays. It sounds like.
0: I'm sure there's obstacles. Obviously, like every generation has obstacles, and I just feel like. The opportunity to share your, mu- your music is just a lot easier. Uh, even like home recordings, the accessibility of recording on your own and making something sound good is so. The technology is so much better. So you know, back then in the '80s and early '90s, it cost a lot of money to record. So, but these a lot of these bands are doing home recordings that sound great. Like I wish we could have done that. And, you know, it was hard saving up that money, and those prices have actually. I feel like they're cheaper now to record in a studio than it was back 25 years ago because there's so much competition.
1: And now a lot of studios can get, like, gear.
0: They does what 10 pieces of gear did 20 years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, all you need is, you just need a good microphone. If you have a good microphone, you can make some of the best-sounding home recordings.
1: Do you have yeah, a
0: studio for Asian Man Records? Do you have friends no. in studios? No, I have some friends in studios. Uh, I've just never, I've never enjoyed the studio process of sitting there all day in front of a control board. And I've done it. I've d- produced records where I've stayed behind that desk for hours and hours, and it's, it's not fun. I don't like it. So I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't like this. I'm not gonna do it unless they pay me a ton of money.
1: So you're holding out for that Beyonce money? Exactly. Beyonce, Narboots, and Mike Park. Make it happen.
0: I can't even imagine if Narboots played with Beyonce. I just would feel bad for Beyonce because how would she follow that up? You can't do it.
1: Beyonce has to
2: perform before Narboots. That's the only solution.
0: Yeah, well, obviously, that's the only solution in any live venture where Narboots are involved. So good. Once again, let's, let's reflect on... They've got it all. The looks, the music, the style. The dancers. And mostly, it's, you know, they try to make things different and help out with extra people. But it's really, even Adam Davis, you know, it's it's really about Aaron Carnes. Let's be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Who needs Adam Davis when you've got Aaron Carnes? Aaron Carnes is holding that group together. He should just go solo. He's a glistening, shining Adonis. He's that good. He's that good. Yeah. Oh, I, we can't I, deny. I, it. I gotta stop because I'm starting to get a little sweaty thinking about it.
2: Woo. It's 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 a rough life knowing knowing Aaron Carnes is out there and knowing that you're not with him right now physically at the
0: moment. It's a bummer. It's a bummer, you know. I go I go through withdrawals. Used to be roommates. The excitement mm-hmm. that he was in the room next to mine. Huh. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. A star like Aaron Yeah. So close.
1: Judd Apatow and Adam Sandler, eat your hearts out. Yes.
0: Anyways.
2: Uh, Anyways. So let's talk about the Kitty Cat Fan Club. Uh, Laura, the wonderful Laura Hammond put together a little video for you guys, and I just saw it premiered on the the Onions AV Club, and you've got your 7-inch coming out. So so it's just a band about – Loving cats?
0: It was it's a it's a fun little project. We're just try, I'm just writing pop songs. Um and that particular EP that we put out, the four song EP, it's songs about cats. Nothing more, nothing less.
1: Yeah. yeah. The video is you can sleep on top of anything, which I like.
0: Yes. That is uh that has to do with Cats. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a particular yeah. cat
1: that that song was written about?
0: No, just, you know, the general cat. Everyone know everyone who has a cat, I'm sure they can realize yeah, that a cat can sleep on top of anything.
2: My cat likes to lie down on top of my hand.
0: Sure. Never, your head, so. your hand, your sh- shoulders.
2: He's hanging out with me right now while we record the podcast because he's actually he a does. big fan of Kitty Cat fan club.
0: Well, that, and he heard Aaron Carnes' name, so he's trying to figure out what's going on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's met Aaron Carnes before, so
0: yeah, he's well, been, he be hasn't careful. been the same since. Be careful, because that-, that cat won't want to be your friend anymore. He'll want to be with Carnes all the time. Yeah, that'll happen with cats and Carnes. Any species in Carnes.
2: So is the so the next the next EP is going to be Aaron Carnes Fan Club then.
0: I can't he's even nice. do it. the thing is I need to separate myself from Aaron because it's it's too close, it's too emotional. I won't get any work done. You understand?
2: I, I totally understand.
0: At he's, he's at a different did. level, so you kind of got you need to separate Carnes and state. It's different.
1: So I think I'm going to put this out there that yes. your next band needs to be another cat band. Because right now on the Asian Man Records website You have a band called Pet Symmetry. Yep. And then you have Dog Party and Dog Mm -hmm. Breath. Mm Mm-hmm. You have Kitty Cat Fan Club and no other cat. So the Pet Symmetry is broken right now.
0: That's true. Yeah, we'll come up with something, I'm sure.
2: What about, like, parakeets? Like, birds aren't being represented here? Rodents aren't being represented? I'm not
0: down with the rodents. Oh, man. Not
2: even like uh, not even like a chinchilla
0: Uh, or something like that. No, any rat, radish-looking creatures, I gotta pass. What about a cute little bunny? Cute little bunny's okay. (laughs) They they just die so quickly.
1: This is a very death-centric episode so far. This
2: is so cheerful. It's a car. Yeah, um... cats die too. Now I'm sad. Um but going going back to music really quickly here before we talk more about carnes. Um so you you started off in Skink and Pickle, which I was huge, huge fan when I was uh when I was growing up. I I bought all the albums well, I was too young and poor and unsocial to ever make it to a show. But, uh, but that was like during the pinnacle of the ska phenomenon in pop culture as well. So what was it like, like being in the middle of all that? And then like, what was like the post ska, like fallout,
0: like, I guess. <laughs> That's a weird question. Uh, Let me see if I fall. It feels like it's many questions you just asked. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we broke up in '96, so ska was starting to blow up. But I feel like even before it completely went crazy popular, we we were gone already. Um, so I feel like '97, '98 were the big years for the ska. Yeah, for the ska. Yeah.
2: But you were still in the in the scene like post ganking pickle as well though
0: right yes that is true that is true <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to think like when it started to die i remember i definitely remember when it started to die i was like oh gosh need to need to put out other styles of music um when thankfully that turned i i got a band that broke up that was a ska punk band when they broke up they broke up into a bunch of great bands including Lawrence Arms, Alkaline Trio, Honor System, Tuesday Broadways, so many different bands that all did well and that I mean that really saved the, the label I mean we could have easily been gone, we would not have survived if the band Slapstick didn't exist we, we never would have survived we've been gone, goodbye so long
1: so that might be it, some of those labels they just failed to have that one act that carried them through
0: the dark winter well, more than that, it's just that when they broke up, they they spawned into all these amazing bands. That's what really saved us. Mm. They still sell too, which is crazy.
2: It seems like th- there's like a new generation of kids that actually have an appreciation for ska still, though.
0: Sure, I mean, I like, yeah. I still like it. No matter even when it was yeah. unpopular, I, I I didn't hold anything back. It was very. I was very much into the three words of just saying ska ska ska. Whether it was in print publicity or now in social media, anytime I do ska post, it starts with ska ska ska. No hiding behind anything. This is it. This is what I like.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, really, the, it's got. I mean, the music's got a lot of history to it. It's not like it just showed showed up in the '90s and. Went away again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure, and it's within ska itself. There's a lot of obviously, there's a lot of styles, and and someone who loves ska, who says they love ska, can have no idea about the the roots, Jamaican roots, and then someone with the who follows like traditional rock steady, they have no connection with newer bands who are blending in you know different styles whether it be punk or funk or soul new wave so it's just all you know things progress and people use use elements of ska and you know people call it ska i don't know i could say maybe call more ska influence but i like it all
1: so what do you think the next wave of ska is going to be influenced by? Will it be like some unholy hybrid EDM Avicii kind of thing? Like dub ska?
0: I hope not, but who knows? Maybe it'll be like more like dub, um, dance hall, drum machine. I, I, I Who knows? I don't know. It's I feel a lot of bands are influenced by third wave ska, so it's just an extension of... Uh, more fast-paced ska with horns um, just writing pop songs.
1: Yeah. I'd like to see some more, like, the British two-tone influences come back. I like all that stuff.
0: You can see that with bands like the Insiders, I feel like, have a good two-tone influence in their music. And um, I know, I think in England, there's a lot... Obviously, just because when I hear the accents, I always hear the influence of two tone music, even in third wave, more punk ska. But um, oh. I think it's gonna—we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next next few years. I, I, I'm looking for a younger band who's really heavily influenced by, like, a band like The Specials, um, so, and a, a younger band that will adopt not only the sound but the fashion and the politics. I think I think ska nowadays gets kind of like uh, pigeonholed that's kind of like this goofy sound or movement but you know it was very political um, going back with the idea of two tone um, the political backing of yeah. black and white and unity that's 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 the whole the whole uh, history of that label is or, or behind the name of the label and if you think about just the a lot of the Jamaican music a lot of that's just like working class music talking about the struggles um of racism um um struggles in in the working working class people uh, in the streets of jamaica so it's it's a long history of of political movements within that genre but um we'll see we'll i think it's gonna take a younger band to really like um bring that back those ideas at least
2: yeah it's actually like you know i mean even outside of scott's interesting like a lot of bands don't really take a stance one way or another on anything nowadays. Like in general, it's kind of like, Oh, let's, let's sing a song about partying and not caring what other people think about us.
0: Well, sure. I think a lot of people now with just the, um, the temperament of people on the internet, whether they agree with you or don't agree, if you take a political stance one way or another, you're going to have your naysayers, and you're going to have your backers. So maybe a lot of bands have taken this, taken as a chance of just 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 be neutral and sing songs about having a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I've written very political music in my in my uh, discography, and I've written you know neutral songs just about having fun. So. Um, either way it's really if it's not if a band's not passionate about politics I don't think it's you know there's no reason they need to write political music but if they are you know let the music uh, be your tool to get your ideas across I think that's a super effective way um, to spread ideas and and I think we've all seen it through the history of music from as early as the uh, gosh think about all the folk singers from like Woody Guthrie and then, you know, obviously Bob Dylan and, you know, then present day Rage Against Machine. Well, I guess not present day, but you know what I mean. Close enough. Yeah, close yeah. Enough. So, yeah, music has had a big impact on the way people think, progressive thought especially.
1: I think it seems to go in waves, though. There's definitely periods of time where – all the music of a particular genre seems like just more MTV vapid spring break stuff, and then there are, there are times when you can have a message in the music as part of a movement. You know, like '80s punk and ska. There there's so much message in probably yeah. the majority of what people remember about that era. Um, sure. and, and sometimes a band can change you look at like Chumbawamba and they yes. were really radical in their early mm-hmm. days writing songs sure. about Unilever and stuff and then their one hit that got everybody to actually know their name was about drinking
0: yeah, yeah. I mean Chumbawamba is a, you know it's an anarchist band and their politics they, I, I believe I read in, art, in articles that or interviews that the reason they they were going for that success was to be able to spread their ideas to a more um to more of the masses. I could be totally off. It's been a while. I'm brushing up my Chumbawamba history. But They got knocked down. Sense.
2: They got back up again. Yes. And that's all that we really need to know. Exactly. I, I feel when it comes to Chumbawamba. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, like nowadays it is easier to get yourself out there, but at the same time, like there's also just this Fear and like a very realistic expectation that you're just gonna get lost in the sea of everything.
0: Yeah, it's like, always been the case. I feel like if you're a good band, you're a good band. There's when you see a good band, you just can't deny it. Like, wow, this band's good. In a few cases, I I have seen good bands that just never get bigger, and I I just can't understand why. But in most cases, if you're good, you're good, and the music and the live show is going to carry over eventually. Nice.
2: Well, I imagine that like personality has to like factor in at some point as well. Right. Like like the people that you're doing business with, you have to be amicable and friendly, you know, in order to, to get stuff done. You can't just well, be playing with you bands. Would and like,
0: you would think yeah. that's the way it should be. But I mean, music industry is full of assholes. It's a, it's a corrupt business. So, um my my the way i live life not just in the music business but in everyday life is like you know you just got to be nice to people why why would i live any other way but god the music industry is corrupt there's yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything people power trip people on top are like oh well, I, we want to have more power and be greater than this band or whatever it's like i don't care <laughs> it's like who cares i don't care if you're on the cover of Rolling Stone or or on Saturday Night Live or selling, you know, I don't care about Kanye West. I don't care no. about Taylor Swift. I like no Taylor one, Swift, but I don't care about them. as. I'd rather see Shinobu live.
2: But those, I feel, yeah, the bands that you're talking about are bands that you can actually connect with. I feel like people like Kanye West and Taylor Swift are people that you look at in magazines and you kind of want to aspire to like, well, the general populace feels the need to kind of aspire to be like that because they see that as success. And I think that's a really weird way to measure success.
0: Yeah. And that's almost, I mean, look, if you look at just mainstream America as a father of two kids, you know, when I, now we go on, we have to, over these other parents that you know i'm not a normal 47 year old man with kids so when i meet these other parents it's hard to explain what i do for a living i just say i'm a musician end of story try to explain what i do try to explain the philosophy of punk it's not going to happen i just say what do you do for a living i play saxophone i'm a tenor sax player where do you play live oh i just do studio work okay that's it end of story can't explain it it doesn't make sense
2: yeah it's tough. It's tough. I really feel like like you know i'm'cause i'm a i'm a big music nerd myself, obviously, and you know it's tough when I try to talk to people about music and I get really into it, and like I kind of get nothing back from them energy wise
0: well, like, especially yeah if you're talking about it depends you know if you're talking about strictly underground like punk d i y music that they have no idea about. I mean, I yeah. you can't blame them. They don't understand it. That's uh-huh. no fault on their part. It's just oh no. That's why that. you your your friends are people of common interests. People I yeah. I hang out with. We we're all part of the punk scene. We have uh, we have similar <laughs> interests. But you're still like, friendly to everybody else. It just yeah. You know, there's there's just differences
2: yeah it's just a it's just a different it's a different cultural experience, I guess in a lot of ways
0: yeah one hundred percent
2: yeah I think that's but I think it's cool like you know music music cultures more than anything I feel are super accepting and open to new people because everyone knows that you're there because you love music
1: yeah and one thing that's wonderful about music uh, in terms of these shared experiences we have and how we fit into these social cliques based on. What we've shared. Like, you can always go to the record store, go to iTunes, and get a band's back catalog and spend a night in your room listening to everything they've ever done. And the next day, you can talk on the same level as any other fan of that band's music about what you found to appreciate
0: in their work. Or you can go on Spotify and listen for free to <laughs> everything <laughs> in existence. Is Narboots on Spotify? Of course. They were the. If you look top artists, like Kanye, <laughs> Narboots right. Swift. Yeah. Okay,
2: good. Because I'm just wondering why. You, I, don't, I guess Spotify could just delete the rest of their catalog, really.
0: Aaron Karns, Solo. It's all up there. I think
1: I've got a couple albums that aren't on Spotify. Who? Uh, Narboots? Mostly Narboots. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Frog Sandwich is not on Spotify. That's the, the rarest the rarest CD I've ever
0: owned. Yeah, we just don't want to blow it up, so it's <laughs> kind of keep it on the D. You know how it is. You know how it is. Yeah. I wish you-
1: Frog Sandwich had a song about cats that I could use it for today's top five list.
2: Top five lists. Well, Cartoon Violence has a podcast listen to our lists. They're full of interesting songs.
1: Learn about our music tastes. It's the Cartoon Violence has a podcast top five lists. Hashtag CV5.
0: Yeah, so what are we doing with the top five? Am I giving you yeah. the top five and you're well, giving the top five? Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, you number. give your number five.
0: Give okay, my number five. And then is Prof Robot will give
1: his number five, and then I'll give my oh. number
0: five. Okay, my number gonna... five is Bad Manners um, El Pussycat. Nice. All right,
1: Prof Robot, you want to go next with your number five? Yeah, I can go next.
2: Um, and uh, by the way, if there's any, if we have songs that are on your list or you have songs that are on our list, we have to fight. Yeah. To see you guys to keep it on their list.
0: Okay. So. So you go. Let's. all
2: All right. Well, let's see. My number five song is Love Cats. By eh. the care. So what are we gonna do for the tiebreaker? I think uh, best cat coughing up a hairball impression. And then, Mike, you would get to vote on the winner. Okay. Doctor Octave, you want to go first?
1: Okay. All right. Uh.
2: That was that was pretty good. I gotta give you I gotta give you credit for that one. I guess it's my turn then.
0: Yeah. Oh, you lose. Ah, uh,
2: man! I, I, all right. Well, then I guess I have to find another number five. So I'm gonna go with
1: "Cool for Cats" by The Squeeze. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one.
0: Okay, here goes my number four. <laughs> oh wait, that's whoa, whoa. also
1: that's also on my list, but I'll let you have it. Ah, uh,
0: number thanks, four. Doc.
1: Fish Oh Okay, I I need to give my I need to give my number five first.
0: Oh, I thought we did. Didn't we just do "Cool for Cats"? Didn't you just do "Cool for Cats"?
1: Oh, no, that was my replacement
2: number five Yeah, for the it, one that he just took confusing. for me, which was Love Cats.
0: Okay.
1: Anyway, I'll I'll go with, um, I'll go with Paper Tiger by Beck. All right.
0: So all right we all that was going to be your number, number four. Number four. It's a collaboration Fishbone and Los Fabuloso Cadillacs. What's New Pussycat? The Tom Jones hit. Nice. Oh, snap.
1: Specific version. All right, Prof, your number four. <laughs> Stray Cat Strut by the Stray Cats. That's nice. Good... I I really thought
2: there would be I I really thought someone else would have it on their list, but I put it on mine anyway because uh,
1: I love that song. Uh it's 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 in my alternates, <laughs> but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim it and fight over it. That's good. So so Doc, what's your number uh, four then? Um, let's see. Let's let's replace Cool for Cats with. Smelly Cat from Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
0: I don't know that song.
1: Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, it's not your fault.
0: That sounds like a hit. Yeah. 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 Okay, are we ready for number three? Number three. I'm so ready. Shinobu, Sometimes I Wish I Were a Cat. Off of this album, "Strange Spring Air," released in two thousand and nine, on is that on Asian Man Records? No, oh. I I distribute it. It's uh, Bob from Shinobu has a label called Fat and Funky. Nice. Oh
2: yeah,
0: Narboots member.
2: Yeah, we know Bob. Yeah. Um, Bob is kind of producing our our new EP a little bit. All right. We're mostly just sending him recordings and asking his opinions. But Bob is a swell fellow. We love that guy.
0: Yes, he's a good one.
2: That's right. my number
0: three then. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay,
1: the Meow Mix song. Ooh, good call. Good call. Come on, come on, that's people. That's classic. Like I'm surprised that's... I didn't think of it myself. Yeah.
0: That's very right.
1: good. My number three, Eye of the Tiger. Oh i've gotta I gotta applaud that. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I thought that would be on your list i I thought I could pretty much predict your entire list for this one and and that was definitely on
2: it. I am so shocked because I love that song like anytime someone is on social media and they're like, "Oh, I just feel like so sad and I can't do this," and I just click them a link to that song, and I tell them to to pump themselves up. I yeah. even pump myself up with that song a lot, so.
0: That's good. That's a good one. Number 2. Number 2. Number 2. I'm just now I'm just going to plug my band, Kitty Cat Fanglove with you can sleep on top of anything. Number 2. Great choice. Available Great now. Video. Why not?
2: Available now on Asian Man Records. That's right. <laughs> buy it. Buy it. Buy it now. Stop the pause the podcast. Go go buy it. We'll give you a minute. And while you're doing that, I'll uh, I'll give my number two, which is the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back.
1: They, they thought, thought he was, was a goner. Goner.
2: The cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. It's a little yeah. great song. I love that song. Uh, there was the scariest video on Nickelodeon when I was a kid of that song, and it was just so dark and morbid. And I think it actually was the first thing to teach me about like death in a lot of ways. So it's kind of this weird, like memory in my head with that song. I
1: love it. There go. Love it. Nice. All right. So my number two was love cats. So, uh, oh, that's, I'm glad I won that hairball competition. Got to keep that on my list. Love cats. So, oh. Mike, um, what is your number one
0: cat song? I'm, I'm sticking with my own band to plug it more. Why not? I can do anything I want. <laughs> Kitty Cat Fan Club, number one, Talk About Love.
1: Nice. How do you talk about love with a cat? Do you say, like, when you grow up, somebody will want to love you, and you have to know when to say yes or no?
0: No, you know, you just talk about love. <laughs> Give me anything.
2: You can love nice. a cat. I love my. I love my cat. My cat's the best. Cats uh, and love go hand
1: in hand. Yes. Prof Robot is your number one by Elton John. <laughs> no. Oh, you didn't. I didn't go
2: there. I didn't go there. I could have. I could have, but I didn't get back. Honky cat. No. Oh, no. Um, and I also didn't Paula Abdul and MC Scat Cat it. But th- this but this is another song with a rapping cat. It's Mr. Pants from the show Home Movies. Is is my number one pick. Wow. I don't know if you
1: guys I should have done Right Said Fred. Did they have a song about cats? <laughs> I'm too sexy. Oh, I'm too sexy for your cat? Too sexy for my cat? Is too sexy? That, like... that might be a lyric in there, yeah. I... There
2: he he was too sexy for his cat, but No, let's be real. No one is actually too sexy for
1: their cat.
0: I just remember, I'm just thinking of Right Said Fred and how funny that band was. That was a funny band. That band was great. They probably are the only band that can kind of like spar with Narboots on an equal playing field.
1: I could definitely see that.
2: I want to see Narboots do their little turn on the catwalk. On the catwalk, Yeah. Yeah. I wanna see Aaron Carnes shake his little tush on the catwalk.
0: How Aaron Car- how does Aaron Carnes stay in such good shape? Is I think He of- hikes a lot, doesn't he? A lot Isn't of thousands tr- of listeners are probably wondering the same thing how that six pack is he has never lost a six pack since high school. We
1: get that question yeah. tweeted at us like every day.
2: That's pretty much every month we have to talk about how buff Aaron Carnes is. And it's he's not, kind of ridiculous. He's
0: not like big, like The Rock, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's just like, no. He's like Bruce Lee ripped, you know? Married. He's toned. And,
2: yeah. Uh, like, just rub him in some baby oil, look at him glisten.
0: Yeah. I don't like when he does that, but, you know, it's his body. He can do what he wants. I respect it.
1: Yeah. I'm pro right choice on. when it comes to rubbing yourself with oil. Yes. <laughs> So my number one cat song is Tommy the Cat by Primus. I
0: am going to say that.
2: Is it really your number one?
1: Almost. I think probably I like Love Cats more just as a all-time great song, but I really like Tommy the Cat.
0: Doesn't Josie and the Pussycats, don't they have a cat song? They must have a cat song, no? They
2: have their theme like that. Josie and the Pussycats, long tails and ears for
0: hats. But no which is, no song about cats. I'm
2: not familiar enough with the Josie and the Pussycats catalog to say yes or no. And then I'm also surprised uh, Kitty by the Presidents of the United States of America oh, did not make your list, Dr. Octave.
1: You know, I'm, I'm now surprised at that, too. I can't believe it escaped me. I almost tried to put the guitar by the might be Giants in there because it mocks the Lion Sleeps tonight.
0: Oh, but who who did who did that sound? It was like an old band, right? What the, was that? The Lion sleeps tonight.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was like the four horsemen, or the three tops, or the two lads, or the one thing. Somebody
0: from the '60s. Like they look like they look like the Kingsmen yeah. or something. Yes. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Was that was that a saw or a theremin in that song? I have uh, no idea. I can't remember. That's we're gonna have to have them on the next episode. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all there is to it.
0: Hey, my friends, my friends in cartoon violence. Yes. I got to go back to work. That sounds like a great thing to do.
2: You got to mail
1: those records.
2: Hey,
0: thank you so much
2: for being on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. You guys have a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. You too.
2: And uh, where can we find you on the internet? Really quick. Tell people where to go.
0: Asianmanrecords.com. Facebook.com backslash Asianmanrecords.com. 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 Your one-stop shop for Ska Punk Rock.
2: All right, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a great day and get all those uh, shipments out because people are ha- hankering to hear your tunes.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good one, guys. Take Thanks care. Thanks for having a podcast
2: care. with
1: us. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: All right. We'll let Mike take off. And now that he's gone, let's take a moment to plug our own shit, which is uh, released through a, our own record label, I guess, that we don't have a name for. So uh, if you want to check that out, Go to facebook.com/slash/the-real-cartoon-violence. Follow us on Twitter at cartoonviolence, the violin like the instrument, and then uh, go to our website face uh, not Facebook, cartoonviolencemusic.com or cartoon-violence.com, whichever you prefer. Either way, go there, and uh, that'll lead you to everything cartoon violence. It'll lead you to our Threadless store, where if you buy a shirt and post it on social media, I will draw you in taco form. And, uh, Doc, is there anything you want want to add to that?
1: Uh, I think that just about covers it, uh, except that uh, you should be on the lookout for some new music from us uh, very soon. So subscribe now. Yes, subscribe and don't
2: miss a thing like that Aerosmith song. And uh, we'll be announcing some tour dates in the next couple of months probably. And that's really
1: about it, right? Yeah, just uh, you haven't seen our final form yet. That's all I have to say.
2: Yeah, this—we're our power level is over nine thousand, but it's—it's it's growing. That's all I'm super saying. That's all I'm super saying. And uh, we'll super saying see you next time on another episode of Cartoon Violence has a podcast. <laughs>